My name is Dr. Michaela Keegan Yadley, and I've spent the last 17 years of my career in schools as a teacher and principal. I started the Dissect Ed podcast to help you by using my strengths of connecting and relating to bring amazing guests to you each week. We will cover a wide range of topics related to all aspects of and roles in education. My goal? For you to enjoy and feel successful in your role so we keep amazing teachers and leaders in schools. Thank you for all you do. Take care and enjoy. This podcast episode is brought to you by the 3D Printing Man. Get everything from custom food bowls for your pets to chore lists for your family in more than 15 vibrant colors, all custom designed. Visit his store on Etsy by searching the 3D Printing Man, all one word. Again, that's the 3D Printing Man on Etsy and get 10% off with the code DISSECTED. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Dissected Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about how to address conflict in the workplace with conflict resolution coach Jerry Fu. Jerry is a conflict resolution coach for Asian American leaders. He started coaching in 2017 to help other Asian American professionals deal with the challenges they encounter at work with their families and within themselves. Prior to starting his coaching business, Jerry worked as a pharmacist and began facilitating leadership workshops in 2012. Today, he offers a range of coaching services, which includes individual coaching, group workshops, and keynote presentations. I know that we just said he is a conflict resolution coach for Asian American leaders, and I want to also say that everything we talk about today is applicable to all leadership anywhere that I've ever experienced it. And especially when it comes to how to deal with conflict just in the workplace in general and in schools in such a high pressure environment, you all know that conflict between um, colleagues and uh, between colleagues and, and supervisors and the other way around is really, uh, it can be really prevalent and also very, very difficult to, to deal with. A lot of us are really good at diffusing and addressing conflict with our students but when it comes to addressing conflict with other adults, that gets really hard. And we spend so much time with our school work family that it's really important that we're able to address conflict in a healthy way. So we're going to talk about how to, how to address conflict and manage it colleague to colleague or peer to peer, teacher to teacher, also teacher to supervisor and supervisor to staff. So this is a really helpful episode. I hope you enjoy it and find value in it. And before we get to our interview with Jerry, I just want to also let you know that if you go to my webpage, which is drkeeganyadley.com, I'll link it in the episode notes, you can register for a free webinar on classroom management. So we're talking about uh, you know, managing conflict today peer-to-peer or colleague-to-colleague, um, but how do we manage conflict, how do we manage uh, our classrooms if this is interesting to you and something that you feel like you need, you can go to, again, drkeeganyadley.com and you can register for this free webinar. All right, without further ado, here is our interview with Jerry. I'm actually going to turn it right over to Jerry to introduce himself and tell us uh, a little bit about himself and, and what he does. So welcome, Jerry. Can you please share with us who you are, what you do, uh, give us a little, anything you'd like us to know about you? Sure, sure. I am a, I'm a dabbler in many, many activities, whether it's cooking or salsa dancing or travel when, you know, not marred by COVID. 
uh, yes. trying new restaurants, you know, trying different foreign languages, all sorts of things. Um, my most of my time is spent at my day job as a pharmacist, but I did start my uh, leadership coaching business last year in the middle of COVID. And I'm actively wow. trying to build that up uh, even as I transition out of my day job. So um, those are the main things that occupy my time along with, you know, the girlfriend that I met in the middle of COVID too. So apparently I just need to buy a lottery <laughs> ticket and yes. you know, just like, and, and complete the trifecta. So yep, that's uh, <laughs> kind of a little bit of everything. Yep. You know, you know, Jerry, it's, uh, this, our, our podcast today is not about building a business, but I want to yeah. stop here for one second. Mm -hmm. Most people I would, I would guess pivoted or, um, or started an online business during COVID because mm -hmm. their, their own brick and mortar business was either closed or um, due to the pandemic or wasn't getting as much business, but you're a pharmacist. Mm -hmm. How in the world did a pharmacist during COVID just have the time and energy to start a, a business? <laughs> uh, you, you have to give up something else. And so I guess I said, well, if, it's, if I don't sleep, maybe I can be more productive. Um, so a little bit of everything. I mean, my bosses are very generous. They actually mm -hmm. give me um, uh, some calculated amount of time off where they want me me to be able to recharge and really give myself more fully during the time that I'm here. So they give me days off during the month in order to do that. And I know I have to hang on to this job as long as I can, even as I'm trying to transition out of it, because mm -hmm. I know I don't have many bosses that would uh, allow me that kind of personal time to really recover and do my own thing. So um, that's part of it. Uh, the other part was just the fact that after I turned 40, I just, uh, I had this, I had this idea about, um, a passion for coaching for a long time, just because mm -hmm. I started facilitating leadership workshops in 2012 through a pharmacy leadership mm -hmm. nonprofit run by some friends of mine. And that's actually what ended up saving my career in pharmacy because it wasn't until teaching leadership gave me the confidence to take on leadership challenges, which is what opened mm -hmm. up more job options that I wouldn't have had otherwise had I not had that leadership experience. But I also realized that, um, the jobs that I was going for that had the quality of life that I was looking for uh, didn't last very long. And so after mm -hmm. the latest round of insurance drama and clawbacks and uh, just the usual top down hierarchy of, you know, hoping doctors would you know trust my pharmacy enough to send scripts in order to survive, mm -hmm. I just said, you know what, um, maybe my time is better spent developing people because I really, really enjoyed that, which I've done consistently since 2012. So that was part of the, the, the idea of it. But, you know, I tell people it took a pandemic for me to finally put yeah. some skin in the game because I was too scared of failing rejection those four years before I finally mm -hmm. said, you know what, how much longer can I afford to put this off? So here we are. Um, well, you know what, lucky for us that you did, because when I, when I met you, I said, I think that you'd be an ideal guest for our podcast and mm. for our audience because mm. we're in the education space yeah. and you might wonder what does a leadership coach or conflict resolution coach have to offer the education space. But I don't wonder that because I know what a conflict resolution coach has to offer mm. in the education space. Now, many people outside of that, education like bubble would might assume that it's because the conflict happens with students mm -hmm. and that's not untrue that's mm -hmm. true but there's actually a lot of adult conflict mm -hmm. in 
education. And mm-hmm. I think that's normal. It's workplace. Like we're in a workplace and, mm-hmm. you know, very passion driven people at every level typically. Mm-hmm. And the job is getting harder and harder and harder mm-hmm. uh, at every level. And um, people are, are, are burnt out. They're stressed. They're worried. They're scared. If you think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, mm-hmm. sometimes safety, uh, that is, that's actually a concern mm-hmm. on many levels actually now, uh, but prior to the pandemic and, and during, um, and, and now. So I think having you on is very helpful mm-hmm. because the work that you lead in leadership and conflict resolution mm-hmm. is very applicable. So I, I want to jump right in and ask you because the, the main topic today is conflict conflict resolution among adults in the mm-hmm. workplace. And we really don't talk about this really anywhere at all, except mm-hmm. for maybe a mandatory HR training for half an hour, an hour in mm-hmm. the beginning of the school year. Mm-hmm. And it's very important. So what can or does adult to adult conflict look like? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could take a couple hypothetical situations, whether Mm -hmm. it's, it could be allocation of resources, right? You know, one set of teachers needs resources, whether it's a budget need or other things, right? And then other teachers say, Mm -hmm. no, I don't, you know, they shouldn't get that much money for, you know, I don't see the problem or, you know, I don't see why they need as much money as they're demanding for their resources, whether it's, you know, science versus English or, you know, any other thing like that, Mm -hmm. right? Um, a, a, A sample a sample like adult to adult conflict that I've seen, you know, is between my technicians, right? Um, Mm -hmm. When, when people don't want to handle things as adults, they want to handle things like kids, right? (laughs) This is just the default. (laughs) And so I'll give an example. So um, at one point, my lead technician was just consistently late. And she, you know, she had a lot of personal challenges at the time and it was spilling over into her work performance. And mm-hmm. one particular thing was the punctuality. And so another yes. technician who, you know, is consistently punctual, uh, you know, started to voice her frustrations to me because I'm the boss. And she's like, hey, look, you know, I'm not happy with the fact that our lead tech is consistently late. We'll, we'll call her Denise. So, you know, mm-hmm. I don't like the fact that Denise is late. You know, can you please talk to her? And, you know, on one hand, it's like, well, yeah, sure. I can talk to her because I'm the boss and she'll listen to me at the same time. Right. Um, she's you, you know, like, Oh, we'll call her, we'll call her Emily. Emily, you still have mm-hmm. a voice in this. Right. And for you to not want to engage, you know, Denise, because, you know, you feel like I'm the one that should handle it because you want to stay friends or you want, you know, you're afraid of this conflict, right? Like this can only go so far. Right. It's mm-hmm. like, Hey mom, you know, you know, my brother's really bugging me. Can you talk to him to you know, like, tell him to stop, right? Instead of really saying, hey, maybe we can sort this out in-house before we involve any higher level authority. Yeah. And so that is something that is definitely difficult. Mm-hmm. I know in the education workplace, mm-hmm. right? I'll, a lot of times teachers are afraid to work like especially in a group setting when there's a task like a common task that needs to be completed Mm. um it can be difficult for them because they'll say and and i i understand but they'll say i'm not in a supervisory role over this this other adult Mm -hmm. or this other teacher 
So I don't feel right approaching them and asking them to make sure they have this done if it's not done like mm-hmm. on time. Yeah. So, and they'll really shy away from that mm-hmm. uh, direct conversation. Mm-hmm. But what are some of the consequences of adults not handling conflict appropriately in the workplace? <laughs> oh, there's so many. Uh, I mean, <laughs> so the first thing, right, is resentment, right? You, mm. You're resentful because you feel, and there's disrespect that comes from that, right? When there is uh, like some kind of inherent standard, so in this case, punctuality, right? Or, you mm-hmm. know, or timeliness when it comes to getting a project done, right? Mm-hmm. When there is a broken expectation, right? There is conflict and that conflict can either be healthy where it's like, hey, there's a misunderstanding. I just, we need to sort that out. Or if it's unhealthy where it's like, okay, clearly they're just not competent or they're not pulling their weight or they're actively trying to defy me out of spite. Okay, now we have a problem. Right. Mm-hmm. And for people to um, not deal with that in a healthy way where they realize, hey, they're resentful. Now they're not focused. Right. When you're resentful, when you're mad at somebody, you can't focus on getting your job done. Like no one's mm-hmm. focused when they're mad. And so now, right now, no one's being productive. Right. Because when one uh, side starts to be resentful and unfocused, usually you can start to see the whole plane start to kind of veer off course because now no mm-hmm. one's happy right uh because if one side is not working hard and they say well if they're not going to pull their weight why should i pull mine right and so you just start to see this really dangerous precedent and cascade of a uh, team devolving into um you know finger pointing and backstabbing and deflecting that's a a good point about the lack of focus or the loss of focus mm-hmm. when when even a seemingly small problem isn't addressed because that resentment builds up, especially in a high pressure work environment, I would imagine that resentment can build up more quickly Mm -hmm. and to maybe to a higher degree Mm -hmm. and can take over the entire relationship between the people working together and take over the actual portions of the work day Mm -hmm. because they're so consumed with, these thoughts or these feelings of resentment towards another staff member? Would that be an accurate assessment of what can happen? Absolutely. Yeah. And then, you know, all it takes, right, is one small tinder to just like set off the fire, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, if like your, your, your husband leaves dirty dishes in the sink and you blow up at him, it's usually not about the dishes in the sink. There's <laughs> just, there's something else building up that that was just kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. It's not to use too many cliches here, but you know, what's the tipping point, right? And when that builds up, um, you have to be careful. So what, what would you recommend people do? Let's start at, there like what is an appropriate way for somebody who is a is war it doesn't feel confident in approaching a colleague Mm -hmm. with about a a, over a conflict Mm -hmm. um or over something that's building something they're noticing isn't sitting right with them okay what what should people do and if they if they don't have they don't have the confidence or maybe the skill set yet to do that Mm -hmm. what should they then do yeah, How can they yeah. acquire that? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, one saying that I like to use is if you don't have the courage, use curiosity instead, right? Hmm. And what I mean by that is to say, you know, instead of me getting mad at Denise, oh, she's late again, she knows better, or uh, let me go ahead and ask her, hey, Denise, you know, uh, just curious, you know, like we open at 9 o'clock, but you've been showing up at 9.15 or 9.20 pretty much every day this week, you know. Can I get a can I get a, a grasp on what's going on here? Because I don't want to assume anything, right? You say something like that, and then you learn. Oh, hey, yeah, you know, 
um, kids are, you know, being, you know, difficult in the morning to get ready to school and all these other things, right? And you say, okay, well, now that I have a more complete picture of what's going on, okay, there's some empathy there, right? And, you know, hey, Denise, like, so how do you want to reconcile the fact that, you know, you have these challenges personally, and you still have to honor, you know, the standards here that we have at work, because you're the lead tech, right? You're setting the tone yeah. for everybody else. So how do you want to address this? Right. And now it's not about me trying to push my, Hey, just figure it out. I've, I've had to say that before, right? Sometimes you just say, I don't care what it is. And there, there's a, there comes a time and place for that where you say, Hey, I don't, I don't care. It doesn't matter what's going on off the clock. Like figure it out because you have to separate personal and professional. And at the same time, let me have some empathy first. So she shows, Hey, I'm genuinely interested in her. And it doesn't work if, unless you're sincere and authentic, right? You have to genuinely care. I have to genuinely care about Denise's success if I expect her to actually like take, take my words seriously. Um, and so, yeah, so the first thing is just, Hey, just go learn, right? You know, okay. There's an expectation that's broken. Uh, the, uh, one trap, right. Is that people, uh, come up with their own story and then they justify yeah. it and they feel like it's right. And then they've, they do, they've done nothing to verify that what's justified is actually accurate. Right. And so, Hey, let me just get curious. I don't have to, you know, unload all my frustration on them yet. Right. Because yet, I mean, this still might still happen, <laughs> but, <laughs> but the more important thing is, Hey, let me just go exploring. Right. Let me just learn more. And once I have a greater understanding and, you know, as Stephen Covey says, right, seek for it to understand, then to be understood. Hey, now right. that I've understood your side, can I explain to you what's happening on my side and get their permission? Because if they say no, and they usually don't because you've taken the time to do it. But if they do say no, you just say, hey, look, um, OK, uh, just, you know, when you're ready, please, I, I have some feedback that I think will be helpful to you because I want to be sell the benefit. That's the other thing. Sell the benefit of having this conversation. Hey, I want to be the best teammate I can for you. And there are some things that I'm frustrated with that I need your help moving past in order to be the best teammate you can. Uh, we can be for sure. Yeah, that's 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 helpful. Uh a helpful framework to approach. I heard you say, uh, ask questions or mm -hmm. um, use curiosity. Yeah. And that can lead to a feeling, at least a feeling of empathy for what the coworker might be going through. Mm -hmm. Even if still there's a, another conversation that needs to happen, at least you might have diffused a little bit of the resentment because mm -hmm. at least there's an understanding of, okay, there is a reason and it's not just a complete disregard for mm -hmm. our work here. Yeah. And the second thing I heard you say is that when you communicate, um, I'd like to understand where you're coming from and, and then, and take the time to actually hear it mm -hmm. and then ask their permission to share what they, what like, I'd like to share with you how I'm feeling and make sure you get that permission first is mm -hmm. really important. Mm -hmm. Um, that I think that's powerful. If so, at, where could that go wrong or mm. where, at what point should that conversation or should that challenge come to you as the, the manager or the supervisor or the boss, mm. somebody in a position, a supervisory position over those two coworkers? Yeah. Great question. Um, I, I, I like the number three <laughs> just because mm -hmm. to say, Hey, like show me that you've actually tried to wrestle with this. And so I tell them, I tell my technicians, Hey, 
three times. If you've tried three times and they're still unresponsive, now you ask for help. Because if you mm -hmm. just say, I tried once and it didn't work, and now I need you to hold my hand through it because I don't like failure. No, yep. people don't grow that way, right? Mm -hmm. That's not what happened with me, right? I had to go back several times because my boss was just like, nope, you got to swim in the deep end. And I'm just like, okay, <laughs> that I grew from that, but not everyone has to respond to that. Not, yeah. not everyone responds to that best. So why don't we give them mm -hmm. a couple steps and a stairwell so they can actually get to where they need to get to. And if I they still haven't tried and haven't seen any success hashing it out three times on their own. Okay. Now I'm not only am I going to uh, get involved, but I'm going to more of, it's more of an arbitration, right? I'm yeah. not going to, because I've been a, called a bad referee several times and it's not, yeah. and I told my team, I'm not going to be a bad referee anymore. That's just not yeah. a hat I'm going to wear. So let, instead of you telling me something and complaining, and then I go to the other person and they complain back, and then I go back and forth mm -hmm. and then get nowhere. I want to bring both of you in the room and we're going to sort this out together. And I need to hear from both of you and make sure that like, I'm I, that way I'm not being a bad messenger either. Yeah. So yeah, three times because I want to see evidence that they've actually put an honest effort for it. And that is the best way to be sure that your people grow. That's great. What, um, what types of, have you seen the relationship and productivity between your employees improve as a result of them working with each other to fix a, to fix a problem or to address something rather than immediately coming to you to fix it for them? Yeah, I have actively done everything I can. Um, and I'll be happy to tell you some of the, you know, missteps and, and failures along the way that eventually got us to the success that we're seeing now. Part of it is, you know, when, when you're in crisis mode and there's a lot of big fires to put out, you know, me slowing them down and asking, well, what are you learning right now? What are you feeling? And then they're <laughs> like, just tell me the answer, Jerry. We just, we just need you to lead us through this fire and put it out and then we're fine. And, you know, if I, if they're giving me that permission to give them those kind of directives, sure. You know, I, I'm, I'm happy to do that. And even after that, even after things started to mellow out, um, I would get calls on my days off, Jerry, you know, there's this problem that came up. How do I handle this? And it's like, okay, this is getting old real quick. <laughs> so what I told them was before you pick up the phone, mm -hmm. I'm going, I want you to ask the following question to yourself. How would Jerry handle this? And then if you haven't come up with your own answer, I'm still going to ask you, what did you think I would say? Right. If you call me, right. And right. you give them some parameters to say, Hey, if it takes less than 50 bucks to solve a person's problem, you don't need me to sign off on that. You can tell me as a courtesy, but you know, you don't need to get me on the phone and, and, you know, tell me every, all the details. Like I don't need that story. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, but yeah. So once I let them kind of get in my head a little bit and say, well, you know, how would Jerry handle this? Right. And they start to think it's like, Oh, okay. Jerry would, you know, call the doctor, get it changed, you know, get, get this prescription changed. And now, now they're starting to really think more like a boss and they're taking ownership of the situation instead of just saying, Jerry, hold my hand because my tech, I have one technician in particular, like she, every time, like, she's like, Jerry, the browser's down, Jerry, the server's down, Jerry, you know, <sighs> you need to fix this. You're the boss. And I'm just like, I don't know. And they're like, yes, but you're the boss. And I'm just like, I still don't know. <laughs> and, you know, the funny thing is, you know, you give her enough, you let her struggle with it enough and on her own. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, you know what? I actually figured it out. And I'm just like, okay, great. Then you didn't need me after all. What do you know? <laughs> um, yeah. Setting some of those boundaries for yourself too. Yeah. I'm curious. 
what you might say if, say I were to call you and mm-hmm. say, uh, you know, Jerry, I'm having a challenge at, in my school, or maybe I'm a, mm-hmm. maybe I'm a department chair. Yeah. And so I am in, I'm not in a supervisory role, mm-hmm. but I am in an elevated leadership role mm-hmm. within the building. Mm-hmm. And I'm experiencing there's conflict between a couple of members of the department or a couple of members of the school. Mm-hmm. And at this point now it's becoming like they've, they're not able to resolve it. Mm. And it's becoming, it's starting to fil- uh, infiltrate the culture Ooh. of whether it's the department or, or the, or the, the, the staff. Mm-hmm. What would you recommend be, what are some things to do and to avoid doing if you are overseeing or leading mm-hmm. that, that organization, that company, that school mm-hmm. at that point where you're worried as the leader that this could become a toxic environment or, or start to really negatively impact the culture. Mm. What would be some steps that a leader should, should do and Mm -hmm. some steps, some things to stay away from? Yeah. Yeah. Great, great question. So, um, I would say things to avoid, uh, don't be the hero. Don't Mm. like to rush in and feel like you're going to solve the problem. You're not, um, you need to really slow down. And I would say do one-on-ones with everybody. I would just get to know your team, build those relationships first, like take, take everybody one-on-one and just have a conversation. Hey, you know, what do you like? What do you not? Um, you know, uh, how do you, what strengths do you feel like you have? How do we best use them? Where do you feel like, you know, what are you most excited to work on? Right. Um, you know, what are some challenges you'd like to see leadership address, you know, and then do this with everybody and study the evidence and see if you notice any patterns that are, Mm -hmm. are, are that, you know, you need to address. Um, yeah. So the first thing is, yeah, do your homework. Like it doesn't sound fun. Um, and research never is exciting, but it's just more about frame it as discovery, right? Hey, I'm just discovering, I'm exploring. Let me get a, a sense of what the terrain actually is. And, you know, let me ask him, you know, if you were in charge, how would you handle this? Like, what would you change? Right. And let people feel like the boss for a second. It's like, yeah, uh, let's see what happens there. And then from there, right, maybe you like go and see if there, if there are hypothetical divisions, right. With each division, you go to Mm -hmm. each division and you say, Hey, you know, what are you seeing collectively? Like, what does your group need? Um, and then kind of like in your own mind, a point like people that are kind of like play point for each of those groups. So you have a representative mm-hmm. uh, that you can work with together and you kind of form your own core team of people that, you know, uh, would work well with you and really you know help orchestrate change. Because you do have to if you're starting to sense that a toxic culture is starting to settle over a, a company or an organization, you need to figure out who your allies are very quickly uh, that are willing mm-hmm. to fight for the same things you do. And then you, you kind of have this productive conflict. You create this productive conflict of an us versus them mentality between like, you know, you guys and then, you know, the old guard that is, you know, complacent or they're settling for, for a subpar standard. Um, and then, yeah, try that first, I would say. So are you saying that, uh, it's actually beneficial to, it sounds like what I hear you saying is Mm -hmm. that as a leader, it's important to there's a line or a balance, I should say, I shouldn't say a line, a balance between 
being like not jumping to conclusions, not mm-hmm. jumping in right away mm-hmm. and, and, and taking one person's either report of something or one piece of information mm-hmm. and assigning that as the truth to the entire challenge, but to talk to various people who maybe have maybe involved or maybe affected and, and spend some one-on-one time just hearing and listening. And then at that point, determining where the challenge might be. And then as then taking that leadership role, that strong role or stance to say, okay, this is our mission and our vision. These are our core values. Mm-hmm. We are going to stay in alignment with those. Mm-hmm. Essentially who here is already in alignment with those and mm-hmm. moving that mission forward mm-hmm. and relying on or leveraging that to mm-hmm. continue to push forward, almost like double down on that and move mm-hmm. forward uh, in the hopes that that can be the prevailing, I wouldn't, I guess, voice or the prevailing mm-hmm. uh, outcome from, from that conflict to, to avoid becoming toxic. Is that what I hear you saying? Yeah. So let's, uh, let's take, I'll, I'll use an example just so that okay. people are not talking in theory. So I'll mm-hmm. say this much first before I launch into it, right? Um, a great book called Designing Your Work Life talks about the, like the, the overlap of influence and authority and leadership. Okay. Because on one hand you want, there are people that don't have influence, don't have authority. You need people like them, like worker bees that just kind of are there. You have people okay. with authority and no influence, right? Where they have the title, but no one really respects them for whatever reason. Mm. They're just not earning the credibility with that comes with the title. Um, other people have influence, but no authority, right? For some reason, people are really listening to, you know, Jan, who, you know, is not the highest person, but uh, she cares. She works hard. She sets a good example. And, you know, she's been with the company a long time. And so her opinion carries well, even though she's mm. not in management. And then you have people who have influence and authority, right? They know the title, they know the responsibilities that come with it, and they carry themselves with enough integrity where people say, okay, I'm not just going to do what he says just because he's in charge. I do it because, you know, Jerry's a good leader, right? I know he cares okay. about me, right? And so there's this great organization called Interplast, right? Um, and they uh, were in the interest of uh, fixing cleft palates uh, for kids in third world countries, right? And they had this conflict where one side said, well, you know, the surgeons should be able to take residents and families if they're going to, you know, use their vacation time to help with this cause. But Mm -hmm. the irony or the the paradox was the fact that Interplast was like, well, no, like the best way for us to work ourselves out of a job is to train up local surgeons so that they don't have to rely on us. And so they had to ask themselves, well, who is our, our real customer, right? Who is our real, who is the real client mm-hmm. we're trying to serve? Because one side said, no, we need to take care of the volunteers. And the other side says, no, we need to take care of the actual patients. And so, yeah, after you do your research at the end of the day, right, the leader who has the influence and authority, right, they're going to have to make a tough decision, right? Part of the ugly side of leadership is that, you have to trade in popularity for respect, right? At some point. But with that said, right, you can, people can disagree and still respect each other, right? And say, hey, you know, I don't like where Interplast is going with this because I think those surgeons are still need to be taken care of, but I can still respect the fact that he heard me. He heard, he heard my perspective. He understood it. And, you know, that now that he's considered it, I understand if he doesn't, isn't always going to agree with me. And so yeah, I'm still going to support that. Point. So. Yeah, that, that's an important point to make. I like, I like that you mentioned that, that there is a, there's a world where we can still work together productively mm-hmm. and not agree on everything. Yeah. And I think that's really the crux of the conflict management, mm-hmm. uh, piece of leadership 
especially if you know, we're going to bring it back to schools, mm-hmm. it's been, uh, it's been difficult and challenging and stressful mm-hmm. in schools for a little while now, mm-hmm. but right now it's really, really challenging. And so I would imagine that these types of things could pop up mm-hmm. more often, especially when I, like I said, when safety could be at stake or there are, you know, up, up where, where I am, I, there tends to be people tend to be on the same page as far as what their uh, beliefs or opinions are. However, there are definitely places where that's not the case. And I would imagine that there could be some conflict that arises. So like you said, we can, we can work together uh, towards a common goal mm-hmm. and also not agree with each other, but that takes, that takes some, it takes a, a strong leader mm-hmm. to do that. Can you mention the name of that book again that you just Reference. Sure. Um, so there's two. The the first okay. book I mentioned was Designing Your Work Life by Bill Burnett yep. and Dave Evans, the Stanford guys that have done so much great work through Designing Your Life Lab. And the example I mm-hmm. said was from a book called Decisive by Chip and Dan Heath. Um, and okay. They, I, I love their books. So. so it's good recommendations for anybody who's listening who might be in this situation or foresee mm-hmm. this uh, coming, especially this school year moving forward to that there are ways through this as a leader because adult conflict when you are also the leader who's held to what feels like impossible expectations from so many different people mm-hmm. it can be really difficult and i get sometimes annoying or bothersome or irritating <laughs> yeah. right to have to yeah. worry about uh, adults not getting along however mm-hmm. it's really important and critical to be able to handle that in a, in a productive way um Jerry, I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us on the on this episode because it's it's always important to remind ourselves how we as adults can interact with each other mm-hmm. and confront uh, things that might be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But then also when it's time to either bring it to the leader or and I should say what the leader should do and should stay away from mm-hmm. when these conflicts arise and when they might be turning into uh, you know, on the kind of on the edge or on the verge of toxicity, yeah. what resources they can leverage to, if they don't feel that they're confident in that yet. Uh-huh. Um, and also, you know, I'm assuming they can reach out to you, Jerry, can you tell everybody where they can find you? Uh, because you do have a, you have an extensive background in this kind of work. <laughs> yeah. And for people who don't have access to resources or don't, maybe they don't, they don't have the time right yeah. now because they're in it mm-hmm. and they say, I'm too, I'm too biased. I'm too involved in this right now. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to have the perspective of somebody from the outside coming in to help me with this. Sure. Where could they find you to help them, uh, you know, to help them resolve this or help them manage this or even understand it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn uh, if you want to connect on social media, but all the good stuff happens at the website, which is www.adaptingleaders.com. And from there, there's a free downloadable guide on how to navigate hard to conversations. You can schedule a complimentary 30 minute call. Uh, tell me about your situation. Tell me your story. Tell me what you're working on. Um, there's also a blog with I, where I summarize useful and interesting leadership books. And so whether you need a, a formal coaching package for yourself or your organization, great. But if not, hey, if you're just on a shoestring budget, like a lot of people are during COVID, hey, there's plenty of free resources and complimentary resources available for you. That That's amazing. Can you tell us that website one more? I am going to put it in the episode notes as yeah, well so they can click on it. But what is it again? www.adaptingleaders.com. I would recommend 
reaching out to Jerry for anybody who is in a leadership position in schools because <clears throat> there's no shortage of conflict. That right <laughs> no shortage yeah. of a conflict to manage. And it is always helpful because just like I said, with teachers who are, it's such a passion driven field yeah. and you get to know each other real fast. Mm -hmm. And yeah. if you've been in the school community or in the school mm -hmm. for a while, or even if you're brand new, uh, getting to know the conflict quickly is, is imperative and it would be so beneficial to have somebody who's very skilled at this particular thing mm -hmm. uh, uh, support that. So I'll make sure that's uh, a link they can click right in the episode notes um, when this episode airs. So thank you so much, Jerry, for taking the time to spend with us tonight. Thank you. Or this morning. It's, it's a Tuesday morning. Let oh, me remind right, everybody, right. even though it's really uh, Wednesday night right now. But this will be a Tuesday morning. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to spend with us. And uh, I hope all is well and happy holidays. All right. See you next time. I want to thank Jerry. Obviously, I was saving this episode uh, for the right time, and I think this is the right time. As we deal with a pressure cooker situation in schools right now, conflict can be something that is that comes up. And I thank Jerry for all of his practical tips and how to confront and manage conflict because it is really important that we're able to do that uh, in our work in our workplace so that we have a better experience in our workplace. Don't forget to check him out and reach out with any questions. Take care. Have a happy week.